Chapter 12 The Moving Bridge Laser traps were everywhere, their destructive invisible rays cross-cutting and intersecting the hallway about four feet off the ground. Any one of them would have burned a hole right through Solid Snake. Any two of them together would have turned him into Swiss cheese. Avoiding the laser trap by means of the infrared goggles, Hawley made his way to the west elevator. He thought he might be able to spot the location of Metal Gear from the roof. Solid Snake took the elevator to the rooftop. Two terrorist guards were waiting for him, but Hawley threw himself to the floor of the elevator and pressed the button to go down. Bullets penetrated the elevator door, passing over his head. How to get back safely to the roof? Maybe he could trick the guards. Hawley left the elevator at the floor below and pressed the button to send it back up to the roof. Then he raced for the east elevator. Hawley stepped out of the east elevator and onto the roof just as the doors to the west elevator were opening. He watched as the guards let fly with a hail of bullets from their automatic weapons still believing that Solid Snake was in the west elevator. But he wasn't. He was behind them, only a foot away from their backs. With the butt of his Beretta, he knocked both of them out cold. There were two more of Katafi's men who'd been out of commission for a long time to come. Ducking down, Solid Snake looked out over the top of the Outer Heaven complex. From the roof, he could see a bridge linking Building 1 to Building 2 and another linking Building 2 to Building 3. Suddenly, it occurred to Solid Snake that both Dr. Petovich and Metal Gear might easily be in the third building. With the clock ticking away, perhaps he could reach them without going through any more of the complex. Justin Hawley set foot on the bridge. The instant that Hawley took his first steps, the bridge began to move. It was made up of overlapping metal plates, and although it appeared solid, it wasn't. Under the marine captain's weight, combined with the weight of his gear, the plates began to shift one way and the other, making yawning gaps. This was even more dangerous than the heat panels. Just one small false step, and Solid Snake would fall through a gap to the courtyard below, three long stories down. He'd be squashed like a bug. Loaded down by a grenade launcher and other heavy equipment, Holly moved with agonizing slowness. Inch by inch, left foot, right foot. He forced himself not to look down, not to think about the concrete pavement three stories below. At last, after long, agonizing minutes, Solid Snake crossed the bridge safely. Now he was on the roof of Building 3. In front of him was a small crate. Hawley approached it carefully, then slowly opened the top. He couldn't believe his eyes. There were two objects inside. One was a mine detector, and the other was the radio transceiver. Now he could hear what Diana was transmitting. Hawley strapped the equipment to his back and walked to one of the elevators. The door wouldn't open. He walked to the other elevator. None of his keycards would open that one either. So it was back to the rooftop bridge again for another crossing to Building 2. But this time he was weighed down by even more equipment. Solid Snake hadn't taken more than three or four steps out into the void when he realized that he was certainly going to fall. It was better to jump than to fall. It was a long way down, but Holly made over 200 parachute jumps. There must be a way to minimize the risk. With the panels of the bridge swaying and opening under his feet, Solid Snake had to work quickly. First he put the body armor on. Then he wrapped his weapons as tightly as he could in the bomb blast suit, tying the sleeves around the payload and paying particular attention to the safety of the radio. Attaching the bandoliers to the bulky package, Hawley gently hung them off the bridge and let go. 
The weapons landed with a thud. Were they still in one piece? Justin Hawley would soon find out. If, that is, he landed in one piece himself. The bridge was swaying worse than ever, and huge cracks had opened between the plates. With the bridge giving way under his feet, Hawley wrapped his arms around his knees, tucked himself into a ball, and jumped over the edge. Just before he reached the ground, he untucked and gave his body a half-twist. As he hit the ground, he rolled over twice, then slapped down hard with both hands. Scrambling to his feet, Justin Hawley felt himself all over. Nothing broken. He checked his weapons. They seemed to be A-OK. Even the radio didn't have a scratch or a dent on it. Another successful jump. Only this time he had made it without the parachute. Not a jump he'd recommend to his squad as a regular exercise. Without his extensive training, he would have broken a leg or even worse. Solid Snake took a look around. The courtyard was thick with trucks and tanks. Holy crept into the shadow of a truck for a better look. The truck had rations on the front seat and he was out of rations thanks to the heat panels so he pocketed them. But there were armed terrorists everywhere. To divert the guard's attention, Solid Snake decided to blow up a tank. Placing a couple of anti-tank mines under the tank treads, he set the detonators and crept away unseen. Suddenly, a faint radio transmission, almost blanketed by static, came from his transceiver. What he needed was an antenna, so the broadcast would come in clearly. Justin Hawley could barely hear a woman's voice saying, Boss man here, watch out, it's a minefield, try to slip through wearing an enemy uniform. The message was coming out of nowhere, left Solid Snake very puzzled. How did Control know where he was? How had they pinpointed him on the edge of a minefield? Hawley had lost his homing device in the trapdoor long ago, but suppose the compass hadn't really been the homing device. The compass had been the only thing that Foxhound Command had let him take into outer heaven. Except for... Except for his suit of camouflage. The camos had come into outer heaven on Solid Snake's back. For the first time, Justin Hawley realized that somewhere in his suit must be the real homing device. They'd been tracking him all along. Wait. Control knew where the minefield was. Hadn't it also been aware of the heat panels, the shotgunner, and every other hazard that Captain Justin Hawley had faced? Why hadn't Control warned him earlier? Why had his commander lied to him about the compass? Didn't the leader of the Snake Men trust Justin Hawley? And now, if Solid Snake were to take off his camos and put on an enemy uniform, wouldn't Hawley be off the computers of Foxhound Command? Would that be good or bad? Can I still trust Commander South? Hawley whispered, he didn't know the answer. He felt totally cut off from his command. And now a game hit from your friends at GeekAid.com. You can often defeat the shotgunner by hitting him ten times. That's exactly what it says. You can often defeat the shotgunner by hitting him ten times. Maybe that means sometimes it's 9, maybe that means sometimes it's 37, I don't know. You hit him 10 times and if he doesn't die, hit him some more. <laughs>